This is the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. And if you're wondering why the Jay, the answer is I am not a bagpipe player. And if that joke doesn't make any sense to you, I encourage you to check out episode zero, where I explain that joke, as well as the purpose of the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast, where we talk about faith, family, fitness, finances, and sometimes fun. Well, friends, it is Easter Sunday evening. I hope that you guys have had a wonderful day. I hope you've been able to rest. If you worshipped, I hope you're able to worship well. It's been a great day for us. Um, We wind up worshipping a couple of times because Saturday afternoon, evening, we record the Evident Grace Fellowship service, and we upload that to YouTube. And Sunday, we didn't want to just watch ourselves over again, so we watched our friends at Hope of Christ and enjoyed that. And then we went for a a two-and-a-half-mile family trail walk, which was great. Now, because of that, I'm sitting here with allergies just kicking my butt. So please forgive me if I sneeze. I'm going to do everything I can to cover the mic and not just blow your eardrums out. But it's been a wonderful day so far, and we've got some more to go. Um, Of course, we are in the midst of the coronavirus uh, crisis. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, um, I think tomorrow, I always get these dates wrong, tomorrow actually makes a month because it was uh, a month ago tomorrow where the schools were shut down a day early and they started their spring break early. And at that point in time, they were saying, well, we're just going to extend spring break by a week and then here we are. And then, of course, um, we are uh, the 10th on Friday was two months until our stay at home is lifted. So we're really about one third into this uh, stay at home unless things improve. And uh, I'd love for things to improve. I don't want everything to be released too soon, no matter what the threats are. Um, But very excited um, to be coming to you. And I thought, you know what? There's enough bad news out here. I want to share some upbeat news. So my family, we are definitively movie watchers. Uh, And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this now. Uh, The... The, the podcast gets more and more casual because I've just been at my home so long. So if you hear me drinking coffee, I'm going to do my best not to slurp. But at this point in time, it's just getting really casual. But having said that, <clears throat> my family, we love movies. And when you've got five people at home, picking a movie can be kind of difficult. So what we're doing is when we do watch a movie, we rotate through whose turn it is. And... Every, and, and if it's your turn, you get to pick. Now, there have been a few things that have been boycotted, but for the most part, um, everybody has uh, been able to pick out a movie, and we've been through the rotation a couple of times now. Um, so I thought, why don't I uh, just bring you an episode of Quarantine Critic? And if this goes well, I'll do another episode later on. And I thought I would pick three movies that we have watched and give you my review of them. Uh, these are three movies from three completely different genres. Uh, Just really, really different. I will tell you that two of them are foreign language films, believe it or not, but very different, uh, very different genres, very much so. So let me start uh, with Lighthearted. So this first movie, um, and I don't know if you've ever heard of it, you might, it's called Valentine's Day. It came out in 2010. This was Amy's pick. And so Valentine's Day is a large ensemble comedy. Now, the ensemble comedy is something that a lot of people love. Uh, Love Actually over the Christmas season is a big ensemble comedy. Uh, I am very partial to a film that's not as familiar. Uh, There's an ensemble um, dramedy, I guess if you will, called Peter's Friends, uh, which we watch um, 
each year around New Year's uh, when uh, it was directed by Kenneth Branagh. It's a British film. Uh, him, Emma Thompson, um, a, a great cast. It's a British film about them fr friends coming together um, after many years apart. Um, but Valentine's Day is that uh, ensemble comedy around, of course, Valentine's Day. And the day, the whole movie takes place uh, on that day. And so let me give you, and it was directed by Gary Marshall. Now, if you don't know who Gary Marshall is, you have probably seen uh, some of Gary Marshall's films. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm confident you have. Uh, of course, he did Pretty Woman, and he did A League of Their Own. I mean, just uh, some of those huge, huge uh, movies. So you, you more than likely have seen uh, one of his movies, okay? So uh, let me tell you some of the actors in this movie. Um, it's a very... Uh, it's a very um, early 2000s. I know it said 2010, but when you hear some of these names, but uh, Jessica Alba is in there. Kathy Bates has a small role. Jessica Biel, uh, a, a young Bradley Cooper. Eric Dane from Grey's Anatomy. Patrick Dempsey from Grey's Anatomy. Uh, Jamie Foxx, Jennifer Garner, Topher Grace uh, is in here, Anne Hathaway, Ashton Kutcher, I mean, uh, Queen Latifah, Taylor Lautner, and Taylor Swift, a very young Taylor Swift. So Valentine's Day is this massive ensemble comedy, a romantic comedy, about people falling in and out of love. If you would ask me who the main, main character is, I think who really holds the movie together, believe it or not, is Ashton Kutcher. Um, he owns a flower shop, and at the very beginning of the movie, proposes to his girlfriend, and they get engaged. That's as far as I'm going to go with that. Um, and so that weaves itself in and around uh, all over the movie. Okay, now, Jessica Alba is that girlfriend, the fiancé. Uh, Jessica Biel is a sports agent who feels like she's never going to fall in love. Uh, Bradley Cooper is a man traveling on a plane. Oh, I forgot to mention, and he's sitting beside Julia Roberts on the plane. Eric Dane is an older football player who is uh, trying to decide if he is going to retire or not. Patrick Dempsey is the uh, wealthy business person. Jamie Foxx is a is a weather uh, excuse me a uh, yeah he's a weatherman. Is he a sports? I, I think he's a, a sports broadcaster. Excuse me, but he wants to. He's real career ambitious. Uh, Jennifer Garner is a school teacher who falls in love with Patrick Dempsey, um, and it's just in in a Hathaway. I mean, just on and on and on. Um, uh, so there's a, a lot going on here. And the idea, idea here is, um, uh, is Valentine's Day that sweet day where people fall in love? Um, is, is there too much asked of people on Valentine's Day? Um, can you really, really fall in love? And, and, and is it something that you can trust over many years? There's an older couple um, portrayed by... Um, Hector, Eliz uh, El I can never say his name, Elizondo, um, who is uh, fantastic. You know him um, it, for just pop culture-wise. You would know him from The Princess Diaries and lots of other movies. And he's in love with Shirley MacLaine, who is a, uh, a very famous older actress. Uh, throw in Emma Roberts in there. I mean, just there's so many actors. And uh, so here's my review. I will say that it's a lighthearted and relatively fun movie to watch. Um, there are some really good surprises at the end. There's some there's some things about the resolution that will surprise you. There was one that I kind of predicted, uh, but there was one that really really got me that I was just really surprised for, uh, prized about. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. There's just I think there's too many characters in this ensemble cast. The the great thing about an ensemble movie is that it's large enough. 
um, for you to keep you a con con you know consistently interested. It's great when the ensembles interact, interact uh, like for example, Oscar award-winning Crash. I know a lot of people don't like that movie anymore, but it intersected really, really well. Um, and this one, this one ties up the loose ends, uh, but you're, you're about 35 minutes into the movie and you're still meeting new characters. And for a movie that's, you know, for a romantic comedy, if you're still 35 minutes in to a movie that's two hours long and you're still meeting people, you know, you're having a hard time getting, like, your grip. And so I don't know which ones I would eliminate. I can see a couple that are not my favorite, uh, but it is as lighthearted uh, romantic comedy as you can get. So if that's what you're looking for during this quarantine, you're like, I want to just chill. I want to have a couple of laughs. I'm looking for a romantic comedy, and I don't want to make too big out of things. And uh, and it's you know it's PG-13. It's relatively safe. There's a little bit of sexuality in there. Um, but if that's what you're looking for, you probably are not going to go wrong with Valentine's Day because it is just uh, it's just a piece of candy. Uh, it, it's it's enjoyable at the moment. It's not nutritious. It's not going to last for you, but it, it's not going to hurt you. And you know what? Interestingly enough, I looked this movie up on um, Box Office Mojo, and internationally, it was a fairly big hit. This movie took in over two hundred million dollars worldwide. Um, so not really something you could make a uh, a sequel out of, but, you know, relatively successful for the movie it was. Um, so Amy was really, really happy because, uh, you know, we've picked out some stinkers. I've picked out some duds along the way. Um, but Valentine's Day, exactly what you're looking for. If you want lighthearted romantic comedy, you don't want to get too worried about things. You need something to, to um, take your mind off all the heaviness of the quarantine and the coronavirus, Valentine's Day is probably going to get it for you. Um, it's it's decent, okay? Um, it, it's pop, you know, like I said, it did well in the box office. It was not a huge um, success at all. If you go into Rotten Tomatoes, you're not going to see a, a huge number on there. But did fairly well um, worldwide. Two hundred sixteen million dollars, fairly fairly popular. It was a hundred million dollar movie in uh, America, so it, it succeeded, and it came out on. February 14th of 2010. So a good 10 years old, and it, aside from maybe a few old cell phones, it aged pretty well. So my turn um, this week, actually, my turn this week is I thought, okay, um, this is a movie that uh, that I that I introduced to the girls. So I don't think they would watch otherwise, and we're making everybody watch the movies to the end, pretty much. That means some people have slept through portions of it, um, and I do think we lost one person on this movie, um, but I still stand by my pick. And it was from 2000. It surprised me this movie was 20 years old, um, but I chose Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Now, if you've not seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, um, it is a wonderful movie. It's not a martial arts movie, but it is completely in the world of martial arts. Um, it's really... A, uh, a weaving epic by Ang Lee, um, or Ang Lee, depending upon how uh, you want to pronounce it. I'm not going to say I know it, but I'm going to go with the very English um, translation of uh, uh, Ang Lee. And if you don't know, if you've ever seen one of his movies, um, he hit a huge stride uh, back in the late 90s, 2000s. He did the remake of Sense and Sensibility, the very dark um, Ice Storm um, uh, he did a version of the Hulk that is not included as canon. Um, was his the one that was included as canon? you got to forgive me. Um, 
is his the uh, Hulk uh, that is um, no his is the non MCU uh, Hulk a little a little more brooding um, and then he recently put out the Dud Gemini Man so he he hit his stride back in that late nineties early 2000s. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was a massive hit, though. It was nominated for Oscars, um, and it was beautiful. So the idea here is there are two warriors, um, and one is played uh, by uh, Chow Young-Fat, uh, and the other by Michelle Yao, and they are warriors who've dedicated their life to uh, to that life, um, but, they, but they are in love with each other. And they have never, ever uh, pursued this relationship because they have pursued their life to being warriors in that day. And there is a, uh, a young, um, uh, she's wealthy. They don't necessarily call her um, uh, a, prince, a princess, but, I mean, she's definitely an aristocrat's uh, daughter. And she is facing, excuse me, a, um, she's facing an arranged marriage. And their three lives interweave along the way with this very famous sword. And their lives interweave. And this movie has uh, some specific effects that at first are a bit jarring. Um, but I, I love the way they interweave. Um, so what, what I enjoy about this movie, and by the way, it, it's completely, um, it, it's completely, you're going to have to watch it in subtitles. It's not in English. But I think that's beautiful, though. I would not want to watch a sub, I would not want to watch an overdubbed version of this movie. Um, but there's some real heartache in this movie. Um, it's told at a pace that is very different than many American films. Um, it's patient. It does not mind offering flashbacks. Uh, there's every now and then you've got to ask yourself what's going on here. It's a movie that demands your attention, but the story is very sweet. It's very bittersweet. If you enjoy action, uh, the action in the scene is fantastic, um, but it is not going to be paced in any way that you're used to. It's it's slower. It, it does not mind taking its time. Interestingly enough, um, released on January 12th. Very um, uh, that's not February. Forgive me. I was thinking it was February 14th. <laughs> um, but uh, a movie that's 20 years old. And it, I find it beautiful. Um, I find it intriguing. And I find it very bittersweet. Uh, but it requires that you watch the movie really without your phone in your hand. Uh, we have a, a terrible habit right now of watching movies with our cell phones in our hand doing other things and you're just not going to be able to do that with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon because if that happens you are going to get completely lost. You really are. You're like, what is this sword? Uh, the Green Destiny? Um, who are these people? Why are we all of a sudden in the desert? Um, who is... Uh, you know, this woman who is this person, you'll get lost. So it's like, hey, you must pay attention. And, and so I will recommend it. Um, it was an absolute... Uh, worldwide smash for a foreign language film. Also, worldwide worldwide gross of two hundred thirteen um, million dollars. So that's huge for a movie that was not uh, uh, originating in America, and for a movie that is dubbed. Uh, so. And just can't recommend it to you enough. I think Chai Young Fat, um, he's very restrained. Um, he's very uh, respectable in this film. Uh, there's a lot of bittersweetness to it. Um, so, cannot recommend Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon enough. But again, I'm going to warn you, you are going to have to watch it without your cell phone in your hand. You're going to have to be patient. Whew, okay, the third and final in this quarantine critic that I'm going to offer to you 
is a huge film, and you may have heard of it. Uh, the movie is Parasite. This movie was uh, this past year's um, Best Picture Oscar. It also won Best Director and Best Screenplay. It is also a foreign language film. It is in Korean, and it is the very first movie ever in over 90 years of Oscars to win Best Picture and it's not in English. I want you to think about that. It's the very first foreign language film ever to win the Best Oscar Picture. And it is something. Now, this movie um, was is directed by Bong Joon-ho. And I don't know if you're familiar with him, uh, but Bong Joon-ho has created some amazing films, some that you uh, may have avoided. Um, but let me give you an example. Um, a, a couple of years ago, um, he produced a movie called Snowpiercer. He directed it, uh, a haunting movie about a train that travels the world because the, uh, the Earth is uninhabitable and uh, the, the cars of the train are lined up in class. And so that means the wealthy people are in the front and the poorer people are in the back. In fact, I, I think this movie is, is being made into a TV series right now, which is fascinating to consider that. Um, but yeah, so Snowpiercer, I enjoyed that greatly. I thought that was haunting. Uh, I really did. That's some of the work he did. Um, that movie, by the way, Snowpiercer, uh, had Chris Evans in, in a really great, great role in Snowpiercer. But going on, he also did a movie called The Host. Now, if you see the cover of The Host, if you hear the, um, the, the premise of The Host, you might think it's ridiculous. But I'm telling you, this movie has way more depth than what you can imagine. The Host is technically a giant monster movie. Uh, it, it really is. Um, a monster emerges out of a river in Seoul, and people begin attacking it. Um, but it's it's got so much more depth to that. Um, it's almost like he's playing with it and saying, tell you what, I'm going to use this, uh, this genre of giant monster movies um, to bring about something way, way, way more impactful. So that's who uh, um, uh, Bong Joon-ho is. Um, Parasite, like I said, won the best picture uh, last year, another international success. This movie did 254 million, a quarter of a billion dollars in box office in France. It's in Korean, so, it, and it's it's really a movie in two acts. A C T S. Uh, careful with my accent there. Two acts. A C T S. Uh, the first half is really uh, about a family, um, the uh, the Lee family. They are incredibly impoverished, living in the slums, and the movie begins with them trying to find a Wi-Fi signal. And uh, so the movie begins with this, this sense of that there's going to be a theme of connectivity. And this family is so poor, they're disconnected from the larger world. That's sort of a, a theme that plays out. And they're in this subterranean basement. Uh, so you get this real sense that, that the director is trying to uh, show that the life they live has made them to be um, almost um, like a rodent or an insect. In fact, killing insects in their home is a big issue, and they're disconnected from the world. It's wonderful imagery. And uh, uh, the, their son, who winds up being named Kevin, um, gets a job, and he imitates being a college student, and he gets a job teaching English to a very wealthy family called the Parks. 
And uh, soon, the entire family becomes a part of the Parks family. The mother, the father, uh, and the um, daughter, and the son. And they all become part of the Parks family. The Parks family is insanely wealthy. This very um, streamlined home. I love the home that the Parks are living in. That kind of design, uh, so sparse and minimal. Absolutely love it. Um, this All of this family... The Lee become part of the Park family, and you can imagine with the name of a movie called Parasite, what's going on. And, and that leads you up to the first half of the film. And I quite honestly, without, I can't give anything away, I mean, I can't tell you what happens in the second act of the film. That a, a, a huge curve takes place, a real plot twist, and it ends in a way that you can't imagine. Um, this movie, Parasite, exists in a world where movies like Get Out exist. If you haven't seen Get Out by Jordan Peele, I highly recommend it. It's going to challenge what you think about race and society. Uh, but this is the kind of movie that exists in that world. Um, uh, uh, I can't pronounce his name very well. I don't want to be disrespectful. Um, Bong Joon-ho has been making movies a lot longer than Jordan Peele. Um, but I think the success of a movie like Get Out allows for a movie like Parasite to exist. And, and I enjoyed it. And I want to watch it again. Um, by the way, this one is free on Hulu. Um, and when I get down to the end, I'll tell you where you can find all these movies. Um, but Parasite is free on Hulu. Um, I want to go back and watch it again where I'm not having to strain so much uh, to read the subtitles. And I, I'm allowing the movie to just kind of flow naturally. Um, so I think all of us as a family enjoyed Parasite, though the ending was a bit tough. Um, I was probably really the only one to keep uh, uh, championing, uh, uh, um, excuse me, Crouching Tiger, and everyone was like, you know what, Valentine's Day was fine. Uh, so there is three movies for you. Um, they're all free. Um, you can get Valentine's Day on Netflix. You can get Crouching Tiger on Netflix, and you can watch Parasite on Hulu right now. Um, so three movies from our quarantine critic booth here that we have been watching. Uh, so uh, of them, if I had to rank them, wow, um, I love uh, Crouching Tiger. But I'm probably going to say uh, Parasite's number one, Crouching Tiger is number two, and number three is Valentine's Day. Very different films, all three of them. Um, in our family, since you get one turn every five movies, you got to think long and hard before your next movie. And so I'm really thinking through what's next for me. In my family, we're all Kenneth Branagh fans. I'm a huge Kenneth Branagh fan, just an absolute Kenneth Branagh apologist. And if you don't know who Kenneth Branagh is... Um, in the second Harry Potter, he was Gilderoy Lockhart, but he's a very famous director. He directed the first Thor. Um, he directed the live-action Cinderella. If you can go back a little bit further, he directed a, a wonderful adaption of Much Ado About Nothing. Um, I think we're going to watch the, um, the Kenneth Branagh production of Frankenstein with Robert De Niro playing the creature. Um, no one in the family has seen that. None of the kids have seen that. Um, and we're going to see how it holds up because when I was a school teacher, I would teach Frankenstein and then we'd watch that version. So we're talking, you know, 94, 95 or something like that. So that's coming up. Don't know if that would be worthwhile for a quarantine critic, but maybe it will. 
Um, so that's where we are right now, friends. Some lighthearted, enjoyable uh, stuff for us. Uh, life is just too uh, heavy right now, so I thought I would share with you um, our little corner of the world with Quarantine Critic. And I hope you enjoy it. Please let me know if you enjoy this, and I will know to circle back in a couple of weeks and do another episode for you. As always, friends, thanks so much. If you enjoyed this, take a photo of this, put it in your stories, let everybody know you're listening to it. Um, and as always, if you can give us a five-star on iTunes and leave a review, that would mean a ton. And I appreciate you hanging in there, and I look forward to talking to you again. Uh, this Wednesday's Wednesday Wisdom will be um, my message from Easter, and I hope you enjoy that as well. All right, friends, talk to you soon. Thanks so much.